So uh, today we're going to look at uh, hope, uh, Silicon Valley. We're going to look at E. We have done H, health and hunger, O, outreach. We have done P, prayer, and we want to look at E, which is education. And let me read the scripture for you again from Matthew 25, uh, 34, 36, and then I will read 40. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Verse 40, And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Isn't that an awesome scripture? So we've been praying, we've been praying and worshiping and filling the movement of the Holy Spirit. And we come to this, we come to this hour, the word. You will see that in our church, this is what you will see. You will see the worship. You will see the word and the table. And then the koinonia fellowship. You will see that it's the line of how we progress in our worship. So the worship, the word, the table, and the fellowship. Because these are important to us as a church. That the church does not end here, but it continue with the simplicity of our heart breaking of the bread outside at the courtyard. The campus is used for the glory of the Lord, whether it's the parking, whether it's our education wing, whether it's the worship place, all the places are used for the glory of the kingdom of God. That's why we pray for our campus, the SEFPC campus, because we want to serve other people. We want to serve other people. And as you read the scripture in Matthew, how are we doing this? Because the goal, as I've mentioned, is that we want to live like Christ. Why? Because we want to live with Christ. Our envisioned future is to live with Christ. How many of us here come this morning just to say, this is it. I come to church on Sunday, do the things that I need to do in the weekdays. And when my life is done here on earth, this is it. That's over. Uh, that is not the promise that we hold on to. That is not the promise that we hold on to. But the, wor- the life that we live here on this earth is just a small glimpse, a small plan of what the Lord has prepared for us eternally. We're going to live and reign with Christ forever in glory, in the glory of the Lord, experiencing the joy of the Lord in fullness. And in order to do that, we have to live like Christ. Now, I'm not saying here that when you serve the poor, the hungry, the naked, the strangers, visit the sick, and those who are in prison, then you're done, you're saved. No, that's not what I'm saying. That is the expression of your identity with Christ. It means you believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and you want to be His follower. Then you identify with those whom Jesus identified. And Jesus identified with the hungry, those who are ill, naked, strangers, those who are in prison. 
And when we do that, then we are a follower of Jesus Christ. When we live like Christ, we will live with Christ. Are we, are we there together? Yes. Okay, I can see you shaking your head. Um, um, so, how does uh, this scripture apply to education readiness? What's Matthew 25 got to do with it? Like, it's not Tina Turner's song, What's Love Got to Do With It? What's love got to do with it? Yeah? Not that one, okay? Yeah. Uh, but education readiness, how does education readiness come in relation, in direct relation with Matthew 25? Before I came to America, I was going to apply my passport. And I was in the University of Delhi. And uh, I had to get the permission of the provost. Right? So I went there. Uh, and we started talking. And he said, where are you going? Uh, and he said, I'm going to go and study there in America. And we started talking. Then he knew that I was going to go to a seminary. And he had come and studied here for his PhD. And he had come now, to, uh, he was working at University of Delhi. And then he looked at me and he said, when I went to America, probably this was in the 80s, um, early 80s or later 70s, he said that uh, he and his wife were very young and they had a child. Uh, the wife was pregnant and they were going to have a child. So when the church found out that they were, the wife was going to have a baby, the church organized a baby shower. Right? Now, in the 70s and 80s, uh, in India, we don't have baby showers. Okay? This is like an American thing. Okay? And he couldn't understand why the church was going to do a baby shower for these two strangers. So, but... The church organized this baby shower and both of them came and he was just blown away with the things that these strangers brought for this two young couple. And as he was sharing that, because he, was, he is a Hindu, he is a Hindu, and he was sharing that, then he had tears in his eyes. And he was sharing about the generosity and hospitality and the goodness of the people here in America. Right? Somebody that is a student, a PhD student, and the church came to know about it, and they gave clothes, they invited the stranger, probably there was food, baby shower, right? They fulfilled Matthew 25 there, right there. How does this help this young PhD guy? You giving clothes to the baby, it helps with his money. Diapers, you know, fellowship, it's part of education readiness to say that we care for you. You never know what may reach and touch a person's life. A baby shower can bring the wall down. You're asking, what does it look like to walk around the wall? We've been walking around the wall, and the wall hasn't come down yet. Maybe. Baby shower will bring the wall down.
Jesus identified with the hungry. Jesus identified with the thirsty, the stranger, and the naked, the sick, the sick, and those in prison. He was the one that defines hope. Defining hope. Jesus defines hope. In Matthew 25, the things that he pointed out, the basic needs of the people, and he defined hope relating to those, to those, the, 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 the food, the clothes, the water, the ill health. He's defining hope that if you find an answer to those things, people will have hope. We are not the one that is defining hope. We are asked to be the hope. We are asked to be the hope. And how does these five things that are up there relate to the students? Because we've been praying for the students, and today we will focus on the students. Just the students. There are other things, but we'll focus on the students. And as you sit there, I want you to pray for Santa Clara High School. I want you to pray for Central Park Elementary School. I want you to pray for Scott Bauer. I want you to pray for the schools that you live nearby, Millican, I don't know, uh, wherever you are. I want you to pray for the students and the teachers. I want you to pray for the assistants. I want you to pray for the volunteers, the parent that comes to read there. I want you to pray that God will speak to you, that he will open your heart how you can involve in the life of the kids today. Can we do that? So this is not a time just to sit here. I want you to start thinking and praying. As we say, this is an honesty hour, right? This is where you're real with the Lord. This is the real time where you can be real with the Lord because our God is real, real God, and real people have real issues, and God has the right solution. So I want us to think about that today. We're okay? Yes? You with me? Right? So pray, pray. How, how is this thing related? to education. So let's go to education. Okay. So one of the big concern for my kids, for your kids, for youth, uh, and if you're a teacher, one of the big concerns that they have is uh, on disengaged students. When the students become disengaged in education, they know that this could lead to what? Dropouts. And dropouts is a concern. Why? Because when you have a dropout, uh, it could lead to poverty. It, it may lead to poverty because you don't have an education. Right? So, if a dropout could lead to uh, poverty, uh, and then poverty could lead to illness because you don't have proper nutrition and food to eat, you don't have money to buy medicines or go and visit a doctor. And then, uh, then illness could lead to what? Unemployment, because your health is not good. You can't work, right? And then the uh, poverty, unemployment, all this can, this, these things could lead to what? Incarceration. See? How did Jesus talk about the impact of education here? Teaching, training. Look at this. Right? He said uh, food. He said uh, naked clothes, strangers, ill, uh, and prison. 
all these things are related to the problem or the concerns that we have with the thing. Dropouts, poverty, illness, unemployment, incarceration, prison, illness, no food, no water, no clothes, strangers. You see that? Jesus knew what was happening. The same concern that the parents had there is still here today. He doesn't want young people to be in prison. He wants them to get trained, be educated, just like him. Because when he turned 13, 13 is like the adult in the Jewish culture. He was presented at the temple at 12. By 13, he could choose to be, he could choose a profession. So his father was a carpenter, so he could have become a carpenter. But at 13, you decide whether you'll go into advanced studies. So Jesus chose advanced studies. It's not recorded in the Bible, but because of the tradition we know, because you from 13 till 30, you study in advanced study, and then you enter public ministry when you turn 30. So we know the route that Christ took. He didn't go and join the father's profession to become a carpenter. He studied on. He studied on to be a rabbi. And when he turned 30, he entered into public ministry and he served for three years. Jesus knows the importance of education. Education. He knows it. He trained for it. He read. He studied. He lived as fully man. And this is what Christ is calling us to, to do. To care for the poor. To care for a student. Maybe a young couple from high school. At 16, 17, they have a baby. Or oh, she is pregnant. What is the church going to do? Are we going to discard them? Because it's a shame to get pregnant at 16, at 17, before they graduate. Or is the church going to come together and throw a baby shower? That we will help them to say, continue, we will support you, get education. Honesty hours. I'm not saying this is right, or this is wrong, right? But we as Christians, we stand on the street. Okay, please listen, hear this carefully so you don't say something that is what I didn't say. Okay, don't hear what I didn't say. So, we stand on the streets, and then we have a, a sign to say uh, we, that we are against abortion. Right? Abortion is wrong. Don't kill babies. You're a sinner. You're a bad person if you kill babies. Right? Uh, which, which is the truth. And we could do that, or the church could have uh, drawers, cabinets, gift bags full of diapers, clothes, lotions for babies, and get ready and say, come. What do you think, which one do you think would represent Christ better? Providing for the baby? Surprise, right, Matt? I know. But what do we do? 
That's why we want to bring hope to the Silicon Valley. We're not going to stand on the street and shout at those across the street, yell at each other, and tell them how sinful they are with our face red like a burning hot charcoal. But we want them to come here to our campus. Accept them, pray for them, love for them, and see how we can help them. It is not for us to judge, but it is for us to love. We are not here to judge. We are simply here to love. Can we do that? Can we do that? That's how we will break the cycle. We will break the cycle of dropouts, poverty, illness, unemployment, incarceration when we become the hope. When we become the hope and participate in education that could lead to employment, that could lead to stability in the family, that could lead to good health, and that could lead to become a good citizen. That is what I'm calling our church to be. That's what I'm calling our church to be. So if people ask, what is Santa Clara First Baptist Church? I want people to know that we live like Christ. That we love like Christ. That we pray like Christ. That we care like Christ. That we serve like Christ. And to do that, we have to identify with the hungry. We have to identify with the thirsty. We have to identify with the stranger. We have to identify with the naked. We have to identify with the sick. We have to identify with the prisoners. If we can't just sit here in the church pew and think in our head and wait that these things will happen. We got to get out. We got to go out. As I was praying this morning, thinking about the church worship, my daughter asked me and she broke... She broke my thought and said, Hey, uh, Daddy, what are you going to do with the homeless? Are you going to give the homeless money or would you rather give food? Right? Just like that, out of the blue. And I've been thinking about hope. It's like, so I said, You know, I don't know why. Why do you ask? Uh, if he's hungry, maybe I'll give him food. And then she said, Well, why don't you give money? He can go and buy his own food. So I said, what, what, what make you talk about these things? What make you think about these things? No, I'm just asking, but one of these days I wouldn't like to do that. You know, the things that we're doing here, the kids are catching on to it. The kids are catching on to it on Wednesday Bible study, in life groups, when they talk in a Sunday school. Some of you must have mentioned hope to them. And they're catching on to it. We're training them to love and care for other people. Right? The Stanford-Harvard studies is that what is one thing that every parent should pass on to their children? What is the number one thing? To care for other people. To care for other people and to think beyond themselves will make them successful. Isn't that biblical? Isn't that biblical? So what is hope? 
if you are visiting here for the first time, hope is hunger and help. We want to be a part in alleviating hunger and help, food insecurity and health insecurity. So I want to thank our church members for talking to Stanford Teen Van, to talking to Stanford Children Weight Program, Indiana Health, uh, Indian Health Silicon Valley, and Santa Clara Health Ministry Team nurses, medical assistants, pharmacies. You guys are awesome, and I want to give you a big hand for making this happen. Yes. Making this happen. You know, and we were thinking, oh, we're going to have big problem with haircut. We got only two people. In fact, there was only one, Mindy, from our church member. She said, it was only one, but we're going to give haircut. What happens if 50 people, kids come? If 100 kids come for the haircut, she wouldn't be able to do it all. We've been praying and praying and praying. Let me tell you this morning, God is never late. Do you know how many we have right now? No less than nine haircutters. It's amazing how God answered your prayers. I mean, I'm so thrilled to pray with you in this. Somebody donated 24 bottles of nine boxes of water. That's a lot, right? I mean, if you, uh, if you multiply that, you're going to serve more than the probably 200 people right there. I'm excited. I'm excited about hope next Sunday. And I want us to pray because one of our church members has connection with Santa Clara Unified School District and we were able to send the digital flyer to all the parents, those who have email in this school district. And that flyer has gone out. I hope the parents will read it. We are ready with 500 sausage links and hot dogs. Right? We are ready. We are ready. The, uh, Pastor Jonathan and the youth and education team, Margaret, is ready to give out the backpacks and school supplies. I need your help. We're going to have a prayer booth. And you have a connection card here, right? What I want to do with the prayer booth is, when the students and the parents come, uh, I would like you to ask them and say, would you please fill up the name in this card if you want us to pray for the whole year, okay? Not one time. Pray for the whole year. And when they fill up, we get the card. And we will divide it later on to members. If there are hundreds, maybe a hundred of our members will have one each. And you will send a card, a letter, maybe once a month. If it's too hard for you, at least once in two months. And the goal is that we keep connecting with the parents and students in our neighborhood to say, we are here, we are praying for you, we are in this together. We love your kids as much as you do. Not maybe more, but we do love your kids. Can we do that? So you write your name here and put in the offering plate. If you want to volunteer for education uh, and just be a greeter out there uh, and, and talk to people, 
please stay in the campus. We are still going to have food for you. It will not be at 12. We'll eat together with other people at 12.30. By the way, by the way, what is the number one goal of our grill? What is the number one goal of our grill? The number one of goal of our grill is that you'll eat food and sit with somebody that you don't know, right? Isn't that, isn't that our goal? Yes. Tomorrow, next Sunday, there will be a lot of people that you don't know. I want you to grab your food and go and stand or eat with them and talk to them and have conversation. Can we all do that? Can we all do that, right? So all the members are required to connect with other people on that day. Some of our church members will need the backpacks. Some of our church members will need the haircuts. They will be availing medical checks, immunization, all those things. Even it's offered to our members that are in need. Feel free to avail that. Don't feel embarrassed or do anything. When I first came here, I didn't have insurance. Because we came in after the middle of the year, I had to do physicals, pay out of my pocket, haircut for three kids. You know, it's not uh, that cheap. You know, Mr. T has like 20 bucks. You add the tips and uh, it go, you know. And $100 for physicals and things like that. And TB tests, it adds up. So our church members, this is also for you. This is also for you. Make avail this ministry. To those who are not in need of this thing. I would like you to pray because those probably people that are in need, they may not be checking Facebook. They may not have a postcard or mail or an email. So let us pray that the Spirit of the Lord will reach out to them where they are and they will hear about this and come on that day. Can we do that? Yes. Okay. So, before we close... I would like, uh, if you have any question on hope, uh, I, I want to answer it for you. If you have any question on hope or on anything, is there any question uh, that you may have for this morning for clarity? Anyone? Or we are on the same page on hope. Everyone's on the same page. I want to give a big hand. We are on the same page. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. And God's doing a good work here as the worship team get ready. I'm going to ask uh, uh, Cynthia, I'm going to ask Jason and Sarah to please come forward. Sarah, Lasher, Cynthia, and Jason. Yes. Uh, come stand with me here. So uh, we want to offer right hand of fellowship. And by that we mean that we will fully support them to find meaning and purpose in their life, in their ministry, and what God has called them to do. Um, we're going to pray for Sarah. We're going to pray for Jason. And we're going to pray for Cynthia. Uh, Cynthia came to me and said, uh, Pastor, I felt welcome and accepted in this church. I have been wary and not sure about church, but I felt accepted and welcome and loved in this church, so I want to become a member of this church. That's why she came here. 
Jason has been hurt by a pastor like me and driven him out of the church. So he had become a nun. Remember one of the nuns. And then he came back. Uh, I love your tattoo, by the way. <laughs> because the pastor preached against his tattoo. His, his haircut or the way he wears clothes and uh, drove him out of the church. But he is here back to serve with you because he feels the love and acceptance from all of you. Sarah is our... Uh, uh, you, you all know she's like a daughter, a sister, a friend to you from our church. And she's going to go to Arizona. But they all have become members of this church. So I would like to extend the right hand of fellowship to them. And this towel is uh, inspiration from the Lord Jesus Christ when he says, I come here to serve, not to be served. I pray that you will serve the Lord wherever you go. Jason, I pray you will find your home here and serve those people that have been alienated by the church and pastor. And you will bring those people here. They will find hope. And uh, Cynthia, you didn't grow up in church. You didn't know more about most, more, much about church. But you found love and Christ in this church. And I hope many people through your connection will find a home in this church. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. I'm going to pray for them. Father, we thank you. that these young people have come to this church and they found acceptance and love meaning that they want to have a new beginning a new beginning Lord allow us to come alongside them to make that happen to make that happen help us to love them as they are show them the way guide them, direct them Help us uh, to be sensitive, to be alert, to be aware where to use their gifts. May the Spirit of the Lord fall upon them and let the gifting, anointing of the Spirit of God be strong on them that they will know what the Lord has called and appointed them to do. We thank you for faithful members that bring their offering, that bring their tithes regularly to expand and extend the kingdom of the Lord. Lord God Almighty, if you're speaking to some people to say, I want to commit my life to Christ and I want to identify with Christ and let this Sunday be the Sunday because I want to share hope to other people. If there are people like that, uh, use the card to write down your name and say, I want to be a follower of Christ. If you want to become a member of the church, use the card to indicate that you want to become a member of the church. For whatever reason, please use it. Please use it. If you want to volunteer for hope, and you're praying and say, I've been waiting for this, and want to be a part of it, use that card and you may not know anything where to do but you just want to help you put in your name we'll, we'll work with you and see where God is leading you to do that thank you Lord 
for being with us. Prepare us for the evening prayer walk in this campus. Bring us back here with great expectations and readiness to begin a citywide hope initiatives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.